Hello and welcome to the Awakening the Sleeping Giant podcast, a ministry of the exchange where we are improving church effectiveness through healthy church and ministry assessments, mission trip planning, and workshops on evangelism, discipleship, church structure, and strategic planning. You can find more about our ministry, the exchange, at www. Dot made the exchange.com. You can also email me at be the church.go at gmail.com. You can email me for uh, questions or if you would like to be on the show, uh, you can email me as well and we will schedule a time to do a recording. All right. Well, I am excited for this episode, so let's get started. We are really excited to share with you the comment here weekend of evangelism event we will be hosting july 7 through 9 in allegan michigan the exact location will be released july 4 but we are super excited about this as it will be solely focused on evangelism continue to listen for more updates all right so in this episode we are going to be talking about unity within the church uh, in the context of like the individual local church and leadership, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine and pastor of a local church here over the week. And this is a topic that came up. And I, I think it's a struggle for a lot of Christians because we live in a society that seems to function off of emotion. And many of us are afraid of offending somebody or hurting somebody's feelings or we don't want to be wrong we can have we can have the unfortunate concept that unity in the church is just an emotional thing where we're all getting along together and there's no fighting but that is not what we learn in scripture so i want to read some scripture to you actually right now i am going to read um, out of Ephesians, out of John, and out of First Peter. So let's first uh, read out of John 17. And this is Jesus praying to the Father. And I'm going to start at verse 20 and read to verse 26. It says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Actually, I'm going to stop right there. That's verse 23. So here we see Jesus praying that all believers may be one as the Father and Jesus are one. And we know that the Father and Jesus are one in mind. They're not in a disagreement about what is true. And they're not in disagreement about unity. Okay, so that's really important. The next important part is to realize that Jesus says that us becoming one like the Father and Jesus is necessary for the world to know that the Father sent Jesus. Because in verse 21, it says that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. 
may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. And then it goes on and he repeats himself. It says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Again, there is no disunity in the Father and the Son. There's no disagreement on what is true or what is not true. Meaning there is only one biblical truth. There can only be one truth. And then in 23, it says, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And that's really hard for the church to understand because complete unity means that we all believe the same thing. I mean, just think about this for a minute. If you claim that you believe something and I claim that I believe something and those somethings are different, how can they both be right? Now, the application of the truth will look different depending on the culture and the maturity of the church, right? How a person or a local church applies biblical principle and biblical truth is going to look different. But the core biblical truth and the core biblical principles cannot change. We cannot believe in two fundamental Christian beliefs and call them both correct. It's, it's just not possible. Just logically, it's just not possible. So now let's look at Ephesians 4. Um, and so Ephesians 4, verse 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Okay, so we need to be unified in the Spirit, so that's through the Holy Spirit, through the bond of peace. That means we cannot be disagreeing and arguing about different truths within Scripture. We are unified through the Spirit, through the bond of peace. So what is that telling us? That is telling us that the only way that the church, that all Christians can become unified is through the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will keep us unified. And so if there is no bond of peace when there are opposing views, well, we can be sure that one of them is wrong, but we can also be sure that one of us are wrong because unity means one. It means unity. And one of us is wrong and one of us may be right, but that's only going to be revealed through the Holy Spirit. Our own knowledge, our own understanding, we cannot rest on that. We cannot rely on that. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit to keep the unity, not our own knowledge. I think that's easy for some of us to forget. You know, we can become so educated and have a lot of knowledge about biblical scripture and, you know, the, the original Greek and original Hebrew languages that we can get so tied up in that stuff that we neglect the Holy Spirit and keeping the unity and our education actually hinders the unity of the church because we're not relying the Holy on the Holy Spirit to teach us what's right or teach us what's wrong. So that's that's really really important. Let's look at Ephesians four again, a little bit farther down. We find through nine through twelve. This is where the gifts are given: you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And then for thirteen, it says until we all reach unity in the faith. Okay. 
So again, there is unity in the faith, meaning one faith, meaning one belief. And how do we get there again? We get there through the Holy Spirit. And how did, what did God give us as tools to get there? Spiritual gifts. So that means we need the apostles, we need the prophets, we need the evangelists, we need the pastors, and we need the teachers all functioning in the spirit to lead us all to unity in the faith. So if you have a church that is not allowing all five of those gifts to function, there's no possible way we can be unified. It's just, it's just not possible. And that makes perfect sense because there's only going to be one direction of teaching, one direction of thought if only one or, or two gifts are being used. So unity, as hard as it is for us to understand, absolutely does mean the same belief, the same faith, the same understanding of scripture. It does not mean the same application. It does not mean it's going to be lived out the same. It does mean that the truth of scripture is understood as the same. So 1 Peter 3 is our last uh, scripture we are going to look at here. So 1 Peter 3, 8 says, Finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be like-minded. Guys, that means we all need to believe the same thing. We can't be different-minded. We can't we, ha we, we can't think different thoughts. We have to be like-minded. It's not possible for the church to express the love of Jesus, to be compassionate, to be humble, you know, to not repay evil with evil, etc., etc., if we are not like-minded. I mean, just think about the opposite of like-minded. How do we expect the church to function as the church if that's how we're functioning? I believe that if, if we believe that we can effectively be the church while holding opposing beliefs or views of scripture and be successful, I firmly believe that we think that because we're selfish and we're arrogant. And we don't want to change our view because that means we have to admit we might have been wrong. And that is a humility issue. And that goes right back to 1 Peter 3 verse 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. We cannot be humble and not be like-minded. It's not possible guys it's just not possible in fact the lack of like-mindedness and unity in the church is one of the largest issues many muslims have with the christian faith they don't understand how we can all have one bible and so many different beliefs exist and for that i have to agree with them it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense how we can have one Bible that we all call God's word, God's truth, unfailable, but yet we have multiple denominations that believe significantly different things concerning very core doctrinal beliefs. That doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. 
Christianity is more than just the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's more than that. It's, it's everything we find in scripture. It's everything we find from Jesus to Revelation. And we cannot be arrogant enough to think that we can understand the Bible in our own way and somebody else can understand their own way and we both can be right. That just doesn't make sense. And so as we are praying for unity, as we're praying for revival, we also need to be praying for humility that we are willing to admit when we're wrong and willing to learn from other people, no matter how educated we are. I, I've got three degrees in religion. I'm getting a PhD right now. I've learned a lot of stuff over the years, but I have to humble myself and realize that there are still things that I can learn from other people that I don't know. And there are still revelations that I can receive about how to apply God's word to my life. But I also have to be okay, and you have to be okay, when we know something to be true, we do not waver from that truth. We do not waver from it, right? We cannot do that. Once we know that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus died and was buried and rose again from the dead, once we believe that to be true, we cannot believe anything else. Once we believe that the gifts are for today because they never stopped, we have to believe that. And if we attempt to come together and work in ministry with somebody who believes that the gifts are not for today, unity cannot happen. Because think of this scenario. What happens when ministry is taking place and the Holy Spirit is moving and all of a sudden those gifts start manifesting themselves because that's what they do because the Holy Spirit releases those. What happens when those whole, those gifts start manifesting and the, the leaders of the church, half of them believe that they're real and half of them don't. And the half that doesn't is not willing to accept that they exist. There's going to be some tension. There's going to be some squelching of the Holy Spirit, which we're warned not to do in Scripture. It, it's not going to work. And if we continue down the road and, and do not allow those gifts to manifest, those that believe they manifest are also squelching the Holy Spirit because they are not being allowed to move in those gifts within the church. That is not unity. That is not unity. As far as this discussion is concerned, I'm not trying to debate whether spiritual gifts exist or whether they do not exist. That's not what this episode is about. What I'm trying to get to is unity. If you are a church, you need to have leaders that believe the same thing. Do you believe the gifts are real or do you not? But then you have to look at scripture and see what scripture says. Because if you believe the wrong thing, you are not adding to the unification of the church. In fact, you're detracting from it. So those are critical points to know. You need to understand there is a truth. There is a truth about baptism. I'm not here to, to discuss 
how to baptize, what baptism means. That's not what I'm here for. But there is a very clear description of what took place when baptisms took place, who needs to be baptized, and why baptism is important. The Bible is very clear about that. And if, if you have a different belief than leaders in your church, or if, you have a diff- if your church believes something different than another church, one of you are wrong. Only one of you can be right. And we have to be humble enough to accept that and teach each other. We cannot have two different beliefs about baptism. That is a fundamental core doctrine of the Christian faith. We cannot be disunified in understanding what salvation through faith alone means. We have got to be unified in the understanding of that. There are some of us out there who are wrong in our understanding of faith through grace alone or faith through faith alone. We understand that wrong and we're actually hindering people's growth. My question for you is, are you willing to admit you're wrong and learn from somebody? Again, I'm not here to to teach on that point right now. What I'm trying to get us to understand is that in order for the church to be unified, just as Jesus prayed, we have got to have the same core doctrinal beliefs and we have got to understand the Bible the same way. There is no other option. I, I, I don't understand when somebody tells me, well, the Bible is different for everybody and they mean that to say, that it can be interpreted differently. No, it can't. It can be applied differently. Different cultures are going to apply things differently, but it cannot be interpreted differently. It cannot be translated differently. There is only one truth, and that truth is absolute. And and let's change this direction here for a second. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the word, which the Bible tells us, Right? If we believe that Jesus Christ is the Word, but we believe that the Word can mean different things for different people, then we also have to believe that Jesus is different for different people because He is the Word. And that's not the case. Jesus is absolute, His death and resurrection means the same for everybody. Everybody receives forgiveness of sins the exact same way. Jesus does not change. God does not change. But yet, for some reason, many of us believe that Scripture can change. That different people can interpret it differently. And mind-blowing and shockingly enough, believe that a local church can have local leaders who believe two different things about fundamental beliefs and they can still minister together. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. There is not one, if there's not, if there's not more than one Jesus, then there cannot be more than one word because Jesus is the word. So are you willing to humble yourself? Am I willing to humble myself and realize that I might be wrong? But when I am right, be willing to stand firm on that and not waver. 
and not waver. I I saw I saw a post on Facebook or something somewhere today, and and I actually heard this. I think it might have actually been in uh, the Jesus Revolution. I watched it this weekend. It says that uh, truth does not mind being questioned. A lie does. We can also put that into the terms of somebody who knows they're right doesn't mind being questioned. But somebody who is not sure they're right minds being questioned. If you mind being questioned about your belief, or and that could that could just simply mean like if you're just like, well, I'm I'll agree to disagree. If that's your stance, then I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say you're probably wrong because I know that what I know to be true, I cannot agree to disagree. I can't. I actually had that happen in one of our house churches. We're talking about something about baptism. They're like, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. And I'm like, no, I can't. I cannot agree to disagree because this is what scripture says. This is the truth. And we cannot waver from that. I can agree that you disagree, but I am not agreeing to disagree with you. I am agreeing that the truth that I believe is true. That's what I'm agreeing with. Now, if you want to disagree with that, that's your own prerogative. But I'm not agreeing to that. And we have to be that confident about the gospel that we're willing to talk to other people about it. We're willing to share that with other people. Guys, the the Bible doesn't tell us that the path to destruction is wide and the path to righteousness is narrow because it's easy to walk the path of righteousness. It tells us the path to righteousness is narrow because it's hard. And it tells us that very few people will find it because very few people will find it. Very few people will be willing to accept the truth of the gospel to become righteous. Very few people will accept it. And I, I'm not even close to becoming righteous. But I am telling you what, I am running the race as to win, as to be righteous. That is what I want. That is the life I want to live. And I am not ashamed of that. But very few people will live a life like that. And we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay being told we're wrong when we know beyond a shadow of a doubt we are right. Because there is a truth. There is an absolute. And there are things that we can absolutely know to be true. And we must know those things. So guys, unity means we have to come together and believe the same thing so we can actually start functioning as the church. It's important to me that those that I work with believe the same things that I believe. I don't want to work with somebody who believes something foundationally different or who is willing to agree to disagree on foundational truths of scripture. To me, that is not okay. There are foundational truths and we have to know them and we have got to come together in unity like the Father and the Son. We have to come together in unity of one mind. Thank you so much for listening to the Awakening the Sleeping Giant podcast. Don't forget, you can contact me anytime by emailing me at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. You can also learn more about our ministry, The Exchange, by going to our website, www.madetheexchange.com. And if you have not already, don't forget to like and follow this podcast, as well as share it with your friends. Now go out and awaken the sleeping giant. <laughs>